0: welcome to Africa Stories in the 55. I'm Laura Angela Bagneto. Today we have a very interesting novel that weaves family and intrigue in a West African country. We're talking about Saturday's Shadows by Ghanaian writer Aisha Haruna Atta. We spoke to her in Accra where she tells us in her own words what her novel is about.
1: My book Saturday's Shadows is a multi-voiced novel it follows four members of a family, the Avoca family. In the early nineties in a transitional West African country, they've they've gone from a military government to a civilian one. And it's about how the external politics affects the internal workings of the family and vice versa because the father is an influential position so he has some say in what happens in the country. And also um, it's about love, family, friendship, and all those things that life is about.
0: The beauty of Saturday's Shadows is the fact that we get the different points of view of the main characters. We have Sahara, the wife, Theo, the father, Kojo, the son, and even Atsu, who's the, the servant, so it's quite rich. Was this... Um, yeah. Was this difficult to write?
1: I had a lot of assistants, you know, teachers, friends who read for me. And with any piece of work, you, you edit several times. So I think the depth comes from that, you know, people telling you, go go dig deeper. Think about what a man would do if his wife were to do that. Or what a 14-year-old, how a 14-year-old reacts to a woman who's slightly older than he is, who he's attracted to. So there was a lot of digging and a lot of research, talking to people, listening to conversations, you know, all the things that you have to do to, to present a good story. And um, I love doing, I love voices. I love listening to people, even on the phone, phone with my sister. I'm a bit of a rascal, always imitating other people's voices. So in my own work, I I like to do that, too, to have multiple points of view. And it's so much fun to be able to inhabit another person's life, especially like another person of the opposite gender. And I I enjoyed writing. I enjoyed writing it. And I I still do enjoy writing characters like that.
0: I like that you also include Atsu, the servant. So it's kind of someone who's outside the family, but within the family. So it's a totally different perspective of how they see things. But I
1: think Atri's character was because growing up in West Africa, it's such a normal thing to have help. You know, you have a woman who comes to live with the family. She cooks, she takes care of the children, she cleans, and she really is part of the family. She She attends events with the family. She knows everything that's going on. So... For me, I choose character, it wasn't even something I had to think about. She is a part of the Avoka family. And I've seen this in Senegal. I have Nigerian friends who have the same kinds of arrangement, my Avorian friends, same thing. So it's a very West African thing to have this member of the family who is from outside who's not related by blood, but who knows all the internal workings, who 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 actually becomes a glue that holds the family together. She gets up early, makes breakfast, makes lunch. She's the person who really keeps the family going and actually plays this role really well, I think. She's timid at first, but then gets more comfortable as time goes on
0: as you said when you described your book it's set against a very political backdrop and it's really the mm-hmm. elephant in the room I mean it, it mm-hmm. sets the pace for how the main characters interact and and what they're dealing with or working on what was your inspiration for this Ghana
1: Nigeria Senegal the countries in West Africa I know but it could be any country really I think everything is political and we just had our elections on the 7th of December mm-hmm. so it's also fresh and Ghanaians are very into politics, so you can't escape it. You walk out and people are always talking about politics. So I think that was the inspiration, how political it is in Ghana and how people get so engaged when it's time to vote. And people are really um, invested in who's ruling their country. Sometimes they're not happy, sometimes they are. But Ghana as a country, we've had military governments, we've had civilian governments, so I was really interested in how that played on people's psyches. You know, when there was a military government in place, I was little in Ghana. I remember going to the bank with my mother and there were soldiers guarding the entrance and I was so scared. And this is something I remember. I don't know how old I was. So as a grown up, it definitely affects your psyche as well. And then having a civilian government that you've elected and when your leaders aren't doing what you want them to do, how that also affects you. So I've always been interested in, you know, the play between government and its people and um, and vice versa. It could be any country. That was what I wanted to go for. But a West African country more so than any other one.
0: The book, I think, would appeal to many of our Listeners, um, because okay. it because it deals with big issues like infidelity, mm-hmm. illness, but it also deals with day to day life, like paying school fees, even uh, learning, yeah. learning how to read. I mean, that's something <laughs> you know important. Um, are these the types of books that you are looking forward to writing more, or are you are you experimenting with uh, with different styles?
1: I have to say, one of my favorite books is Anna Karenina, and I find that Tolstoy does that. He talks about even what the dog is thinking. He, he, he goes into rich detail about everything. So that's one of my inspirations. And, you know, I'm always le- reading and learning. And I like things that teach me, you know, whatever it is, whether I'm watching a film or listening to radio. So I, I hope I do that in my own writing, that it's the, the little things um, that people will take away, like, oh, this is how to fry an egg. I remember reading a, a Murakami book. And he taught me how to make a perfect scrambled egg. So I'd like to do the same thing in my writing. And it could be the most basic thing or it could be about, you know, a war that was fought in some 18th century. So just to go into as much detail as possible and to leave people um, feeling like they've learned something. And I I hope to keep doing that in each of my books.
0: Would you be able to read us a minute's worth of of your book, Saturday's Shadows? So I'm going to
1: be reading uh, the very first chapter. This is written from the voice of Zara, who is the mother, and this chapter is called The Crowd. We went mad after the transition. Dr. Karamo Saturday had given up his military regime and was now president of a fledgling democratic country, but everyone knows a zebra never changes its stripes. In my household, we were going through our own changes. Kojo was away for the first time at a boarding school controlled by the same bloodthirsty thieves who ruled the country. Theo was stuck in a hole at the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, and Achu, a meek girl from the village, had just started working for us. Me, I was wondering how long I had to live. Either the madness seeped in from the outside, or it was a latent virus lurking in each of us, waiting for the right moment to unleash its deadly nucleic acid. I know when exactly it hit me. It was the day I was shopping for my annual Christmas party, which was a week away. I was driving to the market to procure the party items. A hot hamatan afternoon, the sky was shaded with gray dust, and congestion was relentless. The traffic lights weren't working, not a single policeman stood in sight, and taxis and minivans cut in and out of tiny, impossible spaces. As I inched my car forward, a migraine jabbed its way from the left part of my skull to the right. A ball of light had formed in my peripheral vision. Nausea. Cars on the road went out of focus, and street hawkers morphed into a fuzzy giant. Honks and screaming voices behind me increased in volume. Foolish woman, move your car, somebody yelled. I thought the rage was good, even though I didn't want it directed at me. A collective anger, held back for the 17 years of the doctor's dictatorship, was finally erupting. People could say whatever they wanted without fear, the fear of getting caned by the Saturday boys, or the fear of disappearing.
0: That wraps up Africa Stories in the 55 for this month and for this year. It's been a great year, and we're looking forward to what African literature has to offer for 2017. We wanted to take some time today to talk to you, our listeners, about the future of Africa Stories in the 55, because it includes you. First, we broadcast across Africa, but also to Kingston, Jamaica, and we're planning a special Stories in the 55 Jamaica Writers Month. We will continue to feature African publishing houses and African novelists, but for 2017, we'd like your help. Have you read a novel that you think our listeners should know about? Send us your ideas and a question that you'd like to ask that writer. If we pick the book you've suggested, we'll read your question on air please write us at stories in the 55 at rfi.fr that's stories in the 55 all one word the 55 in numbers at rfi.fr and if you have any other questions or concerns please write us here remember we're looking for living african novelists to feature on our program we're looking forward to hearing from you soon and we wish you all the best for a very happy new year